Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a two-part sermon session from Brother Lauren Larson. We know this message titled, So That I Might See, will be a blessing to you. Now, here is part one of the sermon. Amen. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter one. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to really deal with the first 15, 20 verses. Don't panic. We won't be here all night. Let's read the verses 15 through 20. Paul would write to the church at Ephesus and say, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, watch, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now we're going to talk about this because Paul is praying for a group that he trained, that he taught. And we know that he accurately taught the gospel. Paul was the first master builder, not the only the first master builder of the church, building it on the foundation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified for salvation, Jesus Christ and Him crucified for spiritual renewal and growth. So we know that He taught and laid the foundation right. But the point I want to make tonight is that this is Paul's prayer, and I think that he probably prayed it for himself because when we really grasp what it is that he's saying, we should pray these prayers for ourselves. But the idea is that as we are moving forward in our Christian experience, we never think that we've got it all together, that we know everything that we need to know. And there needs to stay a hunger and a desperation in each one of us, regardless of our position or situation or how much we've learned so far in our Christian journey. There has to stay a hunger to know more about God. You know He's endless, right? You can't exhaust who God is. And therefore, you can't exhaust what God can reveal to you. I'm convinced that we'll be learning from Him, the Master Teacher, forever. Uh, And so there's a lot of things about the nature and character and value and person of God. We just we just scratch the surface. But Paul here is praying for the church at Ephesus, a church he trained properly, that their eyes might be open to more. There's more, ladies and gentlemen. There's more. The gospel continues to grow in its height and its depth when it's laid on the right foundation. And it was for them. But yet Paul prays that they might know, watch, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know three things. What is the hope of of His calling? And secondly, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And thirdly, the exceeding greatness of His power to us us word, King James, who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So Paul is wanting the believers in Ephesus to both see and know more fully the hope of his calling, to see and know more fully the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, to see and to know more completely the greatness of his power that's available to us who are believers. And so tonight I want to minister for a few minutes on these ideas that Paul presents in a message simply entitled, That I Might See. I want to see. Whatever has God has for me, whatever He's given me, I want it to go a little deeper. I want it to go a little higher. And it's not for knowledge's sake. Knowledge in Christ is never so that we can brag about what we know. Knowledge in Christ always brings us to a place where it impacts us and begins to change our lives. If it's not, it's not knowledge worth having. We have to be careful with knowledge and revelation and illumination because that can puff us up. Man, we, we, we know something. Well, if you know something, that was for your benefit. And besides that, you don't have anything, as we said this morning, that you haven't freely received. You didn't earn it. You didn't labor for it. And whatever it is that God has expressed to you was paid for by Christ at Calvary, so you can't take any credit for it. But you should recognize how wonderful it is. What is the hope of His calling, the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, the greatness of His power to us who believe that I might see. Let's pray. Father, I thank You tonight for the opportunity again to minister Your Word. Let Your Spirit anoint us, Father, to teach, to preach, to proclaim the truths found in the sacred text. And let the true preacher and the teacher come and aid as I attempt to present what You've laid in my heart. And let that same Spirit reveal and unveil and implant into the hearts and minds of the people that sit before us, those that listen by radio or listen later by recorded device the truths of what are being said. We ask all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. One of the first things that we have to come to understand, and we've kind of referenced it, I'm not going to unsay what I've already said, but I'm going to say it again and again in the next 30, 35 minutes. Paul wants believers to grow. Based on the knowledge that's correct and right, then we should assume that we can learn more from where we are. We should learn that the revelation of God, and some people are nervous about that. Let me, let me explain this. When Paul prays that the believer might be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of their understanding, really in the Greek it bears out, that the eyes of the heart, the inner man, the inner person, would receive wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is knowing what to do with what you have. Revelation is giving you something you didn't have before. So we've got to have uh, a recognition of those things that we never saw before. And in our heart, we have to have an open heart to be able to receive what God is giving. 
So illumination or revelation, whichever you choose to utilize, I don't care which word is taken. To me, it's the same thing. It means this, that the Holy Spirit, who is given to every believer at salvation, is constantly revealing or bearing witness to my spirit the truths of the things of God. Every single day, I hope that you have a time frame when you spend it in the Scriptures. Uh, man, we spend a lot of time on social media, a lot of time maybe in television or in sports. Take a few minutes to let God speak to you. Amen, church. Take a few minutes to let God speak to you, and as you position yourself to hear, that's what I'm talking about, you don't earn God's revelation or God's illumination. You position yourself to hear. We preachers who tell you, get in the Bible and read it, we're really saying, position yourself to hear so that at the right moment as you read, the Holy Spirit Himself can take something of reality off of the page and Plant it in your heart. Open up the eyes of our heart, the song says. Open the eyes of our heart. I want to see you. We, I want to see you, Lord. And so when we tell you you need to be a reader of the Bible, we're really encouraging you to position yourself to hear. When we tell you you need to talk to your Heavenly Father, I do want you to express to Him your needs, your desires, the things that are needful. But at the same point, you're just positioning yourself to talk. You're not, you're not earning anything. You're just making available to yourself the fact that in you, the Holy Spirit is always ready to glorify Christ and take you a little bit further and give you something that you never had before. Are you ready to receive it? Do you read with that in mind to let the Holy Spirit bear witness to your spirit? Every born-again believer in Pentecostals, you need to get this right, and I am one. I am a classic Pentecostal. That's the family God placed me in, and I've been birthed and brought up into that. But we Pentecostals make the mistake, and we are in error when we talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit as being the source of of learning. Salvation is the experience that brings the availability of the Spirit to learn. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is for service. It's not for life and living. It doesn't make you a better Christian. It equips you to do the work of God. Salvation and ongoing revelation and illumination is what causes you to better understand what you have in Christ. And as you better understand what you have in Christ, you express faith in it because it's based off of what God has given to you personally. It's one thing if you hear that Brother Swigert had a revelation or Brother Larson or Brother Farrell or Brother Pogue or any of the other pastors pastors, Brother Wardlaw, or any, anybody here, who if, if they've had something, that's wonderful. But God saved you so you could have one of your own, so that He could come into your life, your headache, your sorrow, your mystery, your situation, and talk to you about you and to show you what to do. So this ability to hear from God is given to you when you're born again. You're regenerated and your new, and your, uh, spirit man is recreated. You're a new creation in Christ. And immediately the Holy Spirit starts talking to you about the things of God. That's why when you first got saved, things started to change. 
That's why you begin to learn right away a moral code that you never read or never saw in a rule book. Because the inner man, the Holy Spirit, was leading you and guiding you and teaching you and saying, oh, don't dress like that anymore. Oh, don't go there anymore. Oh, don't speak like that anymore. Oh, don't respond that way. Oh, that's not what you're supposed Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get you saved and you'll start understanding what we're saying. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. Because the beauty of salvation is that the Holy Spirit immediately begins to illuminate and reveal and guide and lead and teach. Jesus spoke of it in John 14, 15, 16. He said when the Holy Spirit has come, because the Holy Spirit in the age previous to Pentecost didn't live in the human being that was right with God. It, they, he couldn't because the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away sin. But after Calvary, when Jesus sent back the Spirit and He lived inside of people, now He could live inside of people. So, okay, I'm, I'm getting off of it, but, but that, you need to understand what you have. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit living in you is the highest new covenant identity marker that exists. Now, let me explain that. In the Old Covenant, identity markers was circumcision. It was food laws that separated Israel from all the other nations around them. It was the Sabbath day and the feast days and all the things that they did. The, the 613 laws that literally dominated them from the time they woke up until the time they went to bed. Every action, every thought was involved ensconced in the law of Moses. And so the things that they did were identity markers. But now the identity marker, the thing that sets you apart, from all of the other people in the whole world, what makes you different from everybody else is that you're a new creation. You are in Christ and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He be talking to you if you listen. One of my professors, Dr. James Stone, years ago and said, well, if we have this master teacher inside of us, then why are we so stupid? Because we're not listening. Jesus will speak to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, My sheep hear My voice, and they follow Me. So Paul is praying 
a prayer for the people that He has established in the Scriptures, that He has established in the New Covenant principles. And the premier identity marker of the New Covenant believer is not speaking in other tongues, it's hearing and sensing and following the Spirit of God that was given you at the moment of salvation. That's what makes you different. That's how you live differently. Do you know what you have? Do you know what you have? Do you know what Jesus Christ died on Calvary to provide you? And you, you, all by yourself. You don't need a brother Swagger. You don't need a brother Lauren. You don't need a brother Farrell. You don't need, you know, we're just teachers. We're just sub-shepherds. The master teacher lives on the inside of you. And so Paul is praying and he says, I'm praying that God would give to you the spirit of wisdom. That's knowing what to do with what he's revealed to you. It's one thing to have a revelation or illumination, and it's another thing to know what to do with it. Um, the, the whole process of it is, is if you have something special, you need to know what it can do. You need to learn about it. You need to embrace it and move forward with it. Uh, we probably need to talk about this for a minute too. Who does God give revelation and illumination to? Well, according to Christ in Matthew eleven twenty five, he said this, Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and you've revealed them unto babes. Proud, arrogant people can't hear from the Holy Spirit. God gives grace to the humble. I said, God gives grace to the humble, but He resists, pushes away the proud. So whatever you have, whatever you know, whatever God has done in your life, please don't become proud and arrogant as if you did it for yourself. And if God has given you a revelation of the new covenant, He gave it to you so number one, you could carry it out and apply it in your own heart and life. And believe me, the process of growth is really important for all of us, not just some of us. So that ought to be a priority with everything you learn. And secondly, you're not better than anybody else because of what you know. You're just in God's system of learning. So why don't you just shut up and put out and show people what you have and begin to, again, identify yourself through the knowledge of who God is and love for God's people. I know people say this all, now you're going to be talking about the love of God. Yeah, the identity marker of the new covenant is twofold, well, threefold. You have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You ought to love people saved and lost, unlike anything any people will ever see, and holiness. And I'm not talking about holiness, about hair and clothes, and it'll play out that way. You'll wear things that are pleasing to the Lord. You're not going to come to church in a bikini. I hope not. But, you know, those kind of things just won't fit. But there are things, right, right, Farrell? Amen. Amen. Okay, I just, I saw pastor be going, you know, no, no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You learn about holiness as a result of understanding what God has given you. And you need to understand what the Lord has provided you with, but the attitude of humility and dependence, not pride and arrogance. Not I'm better than someone else because of what I've received and what I know. That is not the Spirit of Christ. That's not the Spirit of the Lord. 
So if we have the true knowledge of what Christ has done for us at Calvary, it should build in us a love for God's people. The last year and a half, as I've gone through certain issues, and I've found a love for God's people and a freedom to love them that the message of the cross has provided for me. And it's newer. It's something new. And I'm not holding myself aloof or higher than anybody else. I'm just glad that I have the opportunity to bring this wonderful Gospel into the hearts and minds of people. And I think that a person that has the right attitude is a person that will constantly receive God speaking to you. Don't you want God to speak into your life? Don't you want Him to show you? Don't you want Him to reveal things to you? Don't you want His presence saying, Hey, look! Well, that's what Paul is praying when he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding or heart being enlightened. And then the three things that I wanted to focus on tonight that you may know, first of all, here's one, that you may know in verse 18, the hope of His calling. And to know means to more clearly and see and grasp. So that we've talked about that. That's the idea. To more clearly see, to know it, to apply it, to grasp it. And as I've gone through this, I honestly redid the whole message this afternoon. It's at 4 o'clock because I've struggled to try to come up with definitions for the hope of His calling. And I had a whole lot of things that were probably okay. But you know, you should always check the context of the Bible when you're going to preach the Bible. That would be a good thing. And just see what Paul has been talking about. Well, what Paul has been talking about is spiritual blessings. And in that list of spiritual blessings is the definition of the hope of his calling. So let's go back and take a look at the beginning of Ephesians. In Ephesians 1 and 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know that you have been granted all spiritual blessings in Christ? You don't earn them. You've been given all spirit. And spiritual blessings are gifts or benefits that come from the Spirit. That might be physical and it might be spiritual. Because the blessings that come from God, some of them are inward, but yet some of them are a paycheck. Some of them are extra funds. Some of them are a blessing. Come on, somebody help me here. Spiritual blessings aren't limited to just feeling good about Jesus. It, it goes to every aspect of our life. And so I love what Paul does. He really can't help himself. He's really, as he starts that off in Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be God. It's, it's really a bless God. Oh, bless God. Do you have one of those in your heart and in your spirit tonight? If you really understood what you had, you would. And that's what Paul is saying. Bless God. I've got to eulogize Him. I've got to lift Him up. I'm not just going to church because I have to go. I'm going to church because I want to bless God. Bless God. And what what is He given? What is the hope of our calling? Well, in verse 4, He says this. He says He's chosen us. You know what? I, I am not of the group that says that God has orchestrated who will be saved and who will not be saved. I'm sorry, I'm just not going there. I believe that every man, woman, boy, or girl has the opportunity to come into relationship with God. But God chooses those who choose Him. And He calls all men. Many are called, but 
Few are chosen because few will respond properly. But when you heard the call, I don't know where you were. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know what your life was like. I know what my life was like. I was a mess when he called me. It's because he knew that I had should have the opportunity, and he chose to draw me on the night I got saved. He chose to draw me. He chose to draw me. He put it in my heart that even though I was a mess and a wreck and a sinner and a wretch, that if I would come to him, he would choose me. And God is saying, and whoever is, if you have if you have come to God, it's because he chose you. And He chose you because He drew you and you chose Him. Do you understand the wonderful aspects of this? We are talking God here. We're not talking President of the United States. We're not talking some big wig in your family. We're talking God, author and finisher of heaven and earth and sea and sky and in them. He chose you. That's a part of the hope of your calling. And He chose you to be holy and without blame. Well, how did He do that? Not by something you and I do. I guarantee you that. You will never access holy and blame, blameless based on what you are yourself. Holy and blameless is based on the beautiful truth of justification. And justification is God's declaration of your innocence when you express faith in His Son who saved you and gave Himself for you. And when you say yes to Jesus, God says, holy, blameless. He applies to your life a standard, a position that's granted to you by faith of justification. Do you know the hope of your calling? You're justified. God sees you as holy because you have accepted His Son. Not because you've marched out holiness. Now before you go off base on that, once we are arrived at that position of holiness and righteousness, God expects us to start learning how to walk that out. Come on somebody. So I can't just say, well, whoop, I'm righteous and holy, and I don't need to affect anything because I'm, whoop, I'm going to heaven, yeah, whoo, I'm justified, whoop, it doesn't matter. No, you're holy and you're justified so that God can live in you and train you to act like He acts, to think like He thinks, to walk like He thinks. And while you're doing it and making a few mistakes along the way, He says, holy! Blameless? Do you know what the hope of your calling is? You're justified. Do you know that you have, verse 7, redemption through the blood? Redemption isn't through what you do. (laughs) He paid the price. He paid the price. He paid the price. Glory be to God. Bless God. Do you know what the hope of your calling is? He paid the price. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. 
Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.